Newly updated password advice from Joe Kissel. This is Mac Voices. This edition of Mac Voices is supported by Text Expander by Smile, the makers of world-class software. Visit textexpander.com slash podcast to learn more and download your free demo. Welcome to Mac Voices. This is the talk of the Apple community, and I'm Chuck Joyner. Folks, we're back with a Take Control author today that has not been around for a little while, and I'm delighted to have him back. And we're going to talk about, well, what ends up being one of our favorite topics because it is so important. It's so important that there are two Take Control books about it, um, but or at least about the general subject. Um, and those topics, that topic, of course, is passwords, because passwords is your first line of defense in privacy and security. And of course, the author I'm t- talking about is none other, than, none other than not only the author, but also the owner of Take Control, Joe Kissel. Joe, welcome. It's good to see you. Hello. It's nice to be here. I've been... Um you know, I've been been involved in things and life is being complicated right now. And I seem to be stuck in the Black Lodge. And those who know what that mean will know what that (laughs) means. But uh, anyway, uh, yeah. Hi. Nice to be here. Yeah, well, it's good. It's so good to see you. I'm, I'm, I'm delighted that you're back, and I'm delighted that we get to talk about not one but two Take Control books this time. The first is Take Control of Your Passwords, which is, I, I believe, is accurate in saying that it's a general approach to things. And then Take Control of One Password, which is my password manager of choice, and I think it is yours too as well. Yeah, it sure is. Yeah, we uh, we got two books on this topic. We had take control of your passwords, which, as you as you say, is a. I mean, it's it is a general approach. It does get into a lot of detail and a lot of specifics, and some of it is. I don't really want to say theoretical. It's 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 important. It's practical. It's down to earth stuff. But it's sort of nuts and bolts. How how passwords work. How uh, guessing passwords works why it's such a terrible idea to reuse the same password in different places. Like, exactly why? Why? People say that you shouldn't, but why shouldn't you? And how does that work? And why it's important to have a long, complex password and, and things like that. Just the, how, how it all works. And then, like, a strategy for dealing with this whole password nightmare, which is just is a hassle for everybody who uses any sort of digital device. And so uh, it, it, it includes things like discussions of password manager apps. Password manager apps are great. They are a part, not the whole, not the whole solution to the problem, but they are an important component of a good password strategy. Everybody should have one. There are lots to choose from. And I talk about maybe a dozen different ones in the book. So uh, help you choose which one to use and talk about their different features and prices and how they compare and stuff like that. And talk about how to deal with some like edge cases that come up in in dealing with passwords, thing, especially things that a password manager can't help you with. So, so it's an important book. It's a useful book all on its own. It will help you make good decisions, develop a good strategy. And that's that's that book. And then separately, uh, we have this book on take control of one password. And uh, if one password happens to be the password manager that you choose, uh, it, I, you know, as you say, you like it, I like it, a lot of people do. I'm not saying 
you have to use that one. You can use whichever one you like, but if this is the one you choose, you might want to get into a lot more detail about all the features, find out how to use it on all the different platforms you might uh, encounter. You might use it on your Apple Watch, you might use it on your iPhone, your iPad, your Android phone, your Linux computer, your Windows PC, whatever. So if you wanna know in detail about the many, many features that 1Password has, which by the way, go way beyond passwords, they include identities and dealing with credit and debit cards and secure notes and a whole bunch of other stuff, then that's the book for you. And you, there's a little bit of overlap, but really not that much. Uh, so if you want sort of the entire package, you can get both books. If you're really just interested in understanding the whole password issue and figuring out which manager to use, you get take control of your passwords. If you know you want to use one password and you want all the details, you get to take control of one password. So that's uh, both books have been updated and that's what we're going to be talking about. Okay. So let's, let's start with the take control of your passwords. Um, okay. Because I, I know over the, literally over the years, we've talked about this subject. Your advice has changed because the circumstances have changed. Things have yes. changed. What, what used to be adequate, what used to be more than adequate is not adequate any longer. And so that's one reason I want to keep coming back and revisiting this topic and letting people know that just because you came up with a password that was really good in 2010 doesn't mean that in 2021 you shouldn't change it or change something in a big way. That's correct. And I can see now that my, my uh, turning off of notifications was not entirely successful. Uh, so, uh, oh, well. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, before this book, before Take Control of Your Passwords, years ago, there was there was a different book that I wrote on the subject of passwords. And uh, as we've talked about in years past, when I go back and look at that old book, I'm just like, oh, no, 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 Joe, past Joe, un unsay that. Like, how could I have given such terrible, terrible advice? Because, man, uh, what what was safe or best practice or reasonable whatever it was 10, 15 years ago is just sucky advice now. So, and part of this is computers have gotten a lot faster and the tools that hackers use to do their stuff have gotten a lot better. And uh, yeah, you know, just, just uh, there, there are certain things, certain activities like, you know, mining cryptocurrency is, is a prominent example and cracking passwords. Uh, for which GPUs, graphic processing units, can can really be put to tremendous effect. So people throw dozens, hundreds, thousands of GPUs at whatever problem they're trying to solve, and it turns out uh, to be massively more efficient than just using regular CPUs. So, so what this means to the average human being is that for any given you know, length or complexity of password, it has gotten less safe as time has gone by. It has become more likely that someone would have access to the tools, technology to crack that, even if it requires a brute force effort of trying every single possibility, uh, because those, those activities can now take place in a much shorter period of time. 
So uh, there have, of course, also been other reasons like bugs have been found and vulnerabilities and exploits. So there are other reasons that, that passwords become insecure besides just that. But we are living in an evolving world. Standards are changing. Hardware and software and operating systems are changing. And uh, you, you you have to keep up with it. Otherwise, you you could find yourself in a very uh, a very dangerous situation. This is not the best example, but it, for those folks who have experienced the M1 processor in the new Macs, I mean that's a prime example of you know just what a what a major difference, and that has happened over a much shorter period of time. And so if, if you are if you are the proud owner of one of those, you know that there are certain operations that are just blindingly fast compared to even the top end of the previous generation. So take that, multiply that by a few years, and then think about the fact that, as Joe said, you know, you have you have these these server farms full of GPUs that are out there unfortunately working against you to crack passwords. That's right. So it's it's an it's an ongoing arms race. The processors are getting a lot better, the software is getting a lot better. Also Companies like Apple and and not just Apple, Microsoft and Google and others are taking steps to make it harder for the bad guys to do their thing. They are putting in place uh, extra security measures and checks and all sorts of clever stuff behind the scenes to to keep your stuff safer, even if you don't necessarily uh, follow best practices. So that's nice. A lot of these things that they do to keep you safe also make your life a little more complicated. That's sort of, I mean, sorry, that's the way of things. But uh, but the, the people that develop operating systems and software and password managers are, are definitely in an arms race against the people trying to break into your computer and your accounts and steal your stuff. And so uh, it's it's not something you can just do once and say, well, my passwords are good forever. I'm done with that. No, uh, I, I wish it were so, but you have to, uh, you have to keep up with it. So what's new in take control of your passwords that we need to be aware of and, and what's your updated advice on things? So from a high level, the the overall advice in this book is basically the same. I'm I'm still saying that you know you should use a password manager as as part of a balanced diet. I'm still saying that uh, you should go for the the longest and most complex passwords, random passwords, of course, you can come up with because you don't have to remember them. You don't have to fill them in manually. Why why should you use anything less than the best? A couple of the things that I talk about in the new version of the book are some changes that Apple has made over the last couple of years since the previous version of the book. Uh, Apple is is doing stuff to make their built-in password management capabilities and iCloud keychain and so forth better, easier. Um, one of the things that, just as an example, one of the things that I did not mention in the previous edition of the book, which I use almost every day and I just think is so delightful, is you go to some site and you log in and it's like, oh, well, I need your, I need your authenticator code, right? And, and some, sometimes they, those codes come out of an app 
like Authy or Google Authenticator or 1Password, so that's fine. Uh, but sometimes they are sent by SMS. Now, that's terrible. Nobody should do that, but, but a lot of sites still do. And when they do send your code by SMS, you're sitting there looking at your web page and it's got this blank saying, okay, fill in the code that we just texted you. And you click in that field and like, oh, there it is. Hey, it, I, hey, I found this code in messages. Shall I just fill that in for you? I'm like, yes, please do that. And thank you. Thank you for not making me switch to messages and find that app and copy it and then switch back and paste it. That's nice. That's nice. It's a, it's a convenience feature, so I appreciate that. And there have been a bunch of little things like that where Apple is making the finding and filling in of your passwords, your, your, your username, your password, your security codes, and so forth, easier across various platforms, not just the Mac, of course, iOS, iPadOS, and so forth. There are, there are more such changes coming this fall in Monterey and iOS 15, and we'll talk about those when they get here. But, uh, but Apple has done some stuff, which I just, I want, like, I've, I've always really hated and complained about keychain access. It's, it has always been just a terrible, ugly, poorly designed app. I don't like that app. But there are other things behind the scenes that Apple does with passwords that don't require going into that app that have gotten a lot, bet a lot better and I really appreciate that. So I, that's one of the things I talk about. Then I went through all the dozen or so password managers for which I provide an overview and I'm like, well, is this one still, is this one still one of the top 10 or 12? In a couple of cases, I was like, you know, really it isn't anymore. This one is really, has really lagged behind. Oh, but here's a new one that did not exist a couple of years ago. And this, it's actually quite decent. So I, I refreshed that list. I updated all of the descriptions with the, the current set of features and the current prices and the things that I like about them and don't like about them and uh, drop some and added some. This is this is just the way of things. So I think I I think I've used that expression recently, and we'll probably use it again. But anyway, uh, so I, I say that like I, yes, I talk about a dozen password managers, and I tell you about all their pros and cons and features and things. And there are some that have some really interesting, unique features. But having said all that, I still prefer one password. I still I still think one password is the best. It's my personal pick. And as I look at other sites, you know, Wired and Wirecutter and uh, you know, other other sites that review software, overwhelmingly one password is at or near the top of their lists too. And I know that the company has has grown tremendously over the last few years. They are getting a, a huge number of of gigantic corporate clients. So the, the world at large seems to think that 1Password is, is solid and trustworthy and uh, reliable. And I'm, I'm very pleased. I, I feel like, okay, good. I made, I made a good decision back in 2006 when I downloaded 1Password for the first time. I thought, well, this looks pretty good. Let's, let's try this out. And, and I've, I've stuck with it for my personal needs ever since. And I, I feel like that turned out to be smart. So, um, so even though I tell you about all the other choices, if for whatever reason you just don't want to use 1Password, that's okay. You need to use something though. And uh, so there are lots of other choices, but I really hope 
that you'll use one password and then you can get the other book on that. This edition of Mac Voices is sponsored by Upstart. Fair and fast personal loans. Go to upstart.com slash macvoices and find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments. I like to feel in control of things, and I'm sure you do too. But I especially want to feel in control of my financial life, since that seems to be the basis of pretty much everything I want to accomplish. And again, I bet you do too. But carrying a credit balance each month with those high interest rates can make you feel anything but in control. That's why you should be checking out Upstart. Upstart is a fast and easy way to pay off your debt with a personal loan, and it's all done online. Over half a million people have done Upstart's five-minute online rate check for loans from $1,000 to $50,000 because they know that Upstart knows that you are more than just your credit score. Things like your income and current employment can lead to a smarter rate, and that can lead to more control of your financial life. And that's a very good thing. Find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com slash macvoices. That's upstart.com slash macvoices. Don't forget to use my URL to let them know I sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit, income, and certain other information provided in your loan application. Go to upstart.com slash macvoices right now and take control. Thanks to Upstart for their support of Mac Voices. So before we switch over completely to 1Password, two questions come up that I want to make sure that we touch on. The first is you mentioned Google Authenticator or Authy. Do you have a preference or a strong feeling about the authentication applications? From what you said, they add a level of security, but there's the, as as far as I understand them and have used them, there's the issue of the service you're trying to log into needing to support which one you want to use. So uh, the, the, the first thing I should say is that if you are ever given a choice between using an authenticator app of some sort and SMS, definitely use the app. That the, the app is going to give you far greater security than SMS. SMS is just way too easily hackable. Sometimes you don't have that choice, but if you have the choice, go with, go with the app. There are some proprietary notification systems. In fact, in fact, Apple has one. So if you if you sign up for Apple's uh, two-factor authentication, then you know you try to log into an Apple service on one device, and your other devices are going to ding and say, "Oh, hey, I'm getting a login request from San Diego. Is, is that okay? Shall I allow you?" Okay, allow. And then it's like, "Oh, here's a code that that's it's it's not in Authy. It's not in Google Authenticator. It's in." It's built into the operating system. You say, okay, there's the code. I'll enter it over here. So um, in some cases, you you don't have control over uh, the method used to authenticate. Most sites and services use a use, use the same standard, use the same time. <laughs> of course, of course, I can't I can't think of it. Time-based one-time ba- one password, TOTP. Uh, TOTP. They use the same underlying mechanism to do that. So if, if a service works with Google Authenticator, then by definition, it will also work with Authy and 1Password and a bunch of other apps that can generate these one-time passwords for you. If it uses a different system, well, it uses a different system, but uh, but most services use the same standard, 
which means that whether you choose to use a different app to get that code or uh, or the, the one that they suggest, it doesn't matter, you get the same result, you get the same code. Now, uh, I know some people, including at least one prominent Take Control author who is not me, who, who really feel strongly that if you're going to have an app generate these codes for you, that should be a different app than the one that's storing your username and passwords. Uh, lively discussions have occurred on this topic. I, I, I understand the, the conceptual desire to segregate these activities because it feels like it should be it should it should be more secure because that would give a hypothetical attacker another thing that they have to break into. Uh, however, having reviewed the the like the steps that would have to be gone through the the actual threat model, um, I've I've personally come to the conclusion that using one password to store not only your username and password but also uh, to generate these these codes for you, which it can do is like, you know, 99% as secure, but it's 150% as convenient because what happens is, at least, and it's different for every platform, but let's just use a Mac as an example. I'm on some website that says, okay, username and password, boom, you know, one password fills those in for me. Click the submit button. Oh, now I need your, your code. Now it used to be like a year ago, that, oh, I've got to open one password and I've got to find that thing. And then there's the code and it's like, oh, it expires in 10 seconds. So let's quick copy that code, go back to the website and paste it. Those days are long gone. Um, there, was a, there was a transition period after that where once you filled in your password, one password would automatically copy that code to your clipboard so that all you have to do when you're faced with that field is just paste. But even that has gone now. So what really happens now is, Staring at the username and password field. Okay, boom, one password fills it in. Submit. Next page comes up asking for my six digit, you know, authenticator code. It's already filled in. One password not only copied it to the clipboard for me, it went ahead and filled it in automatically. I just click submit again. I'm done. I love this. I'm I boy do I love this. It's 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 zero, it's zero extra clicks. And um so the, because I do this like multiple times every day, I really appreciate one password going to that extra effort on my behalf so that so that my life is a little more convenient, a little easier. So my personal choice is put all those time-based one-time passwords in one password. Enjoy the convenience. End of story. Okay, good. Good. Yeah, that's because uh, you're right. We, we've had this discussion innumerable times here, you know, that that convenience and security are at the opposite ends of the spectrum. And it's where you want to live on that. You, and we're trying to find ways to, to shorten the spectrum a little bit so that security is a little more convenient. Um, Joe, the second question, though, again, before we move to completely one password, and I've, I want to tell everyone, I do not have your book right in front of me. I do not have the list of password managers. One thing, though, that I shy away from in, in a lot of cases, and especially a password manager, is somebody says, hey, our password manager is free. Yeah. That well, bothers me a lot. 
<laughs> That's true of so many things. Uh, it's true yeah. of VPNs, you know? I think we've had that, that discussion in the past. Like, there, th- th- this is a, a general principle of technology is you get what you pay for. And to, to use the time-worn expression, if you're not paying for the product, you are the product. So there's always a trade-off. If, if you're getting something for free, you have to ask yourself, why am I getting this for free? If it's a good thing, if it's a well-designed thing, a reliable thing, this must have taken multiple people many hundreds or thousands or tens of thousands of hours to create. Those people have to eat. Where's, where's their money coming from? Like, very few people have both the skills and the extra time on their hands to create something like a password manager just out of the goodness of their hearts because I think this would be a nice altruistic thing. And if, you know, you you might run across such a person or, or company, but then I wonder, well, how how good are they going to be with support? How good are they going to be with upkeep and maintenance and compatibility and fixing bugs? So... I, I, you know, I agree. Now, there there was a little scandal a few months ago. LastPass announced that uh, their their free tier would would soon become a lot less attractive. Basically, if you're using LastPass for free, then you can use it on one device, but it won't sync anywhere. You want syncing across multiple devices, yeah, you're going to have to pay up. That was a bit of a scandal, and everybody's like, oh, well, then... Forget them, I'm going to move to some somebody else. Well, I mean, I don't actually think that was a bad thing. I, you, because you get what you pay for. They have programmers, they have staff, they have, you know, like, you, you can't offer something of, of indefinite uh, value for free indefinitely. Okay. Anyway, like, they, so... I, I, don't, I don't think that was a bad thing, and I think their price is reasonable. I still like 1Password better. And honestly, if, if that move encouraged some LastPass users to move to 1Password, I, I guess I'm okay with that. But, but I agree. Like, free is a, a, a warning bell for me. I like, I, I like free in terms of my, you know, checking account balance, but I really, really worry about free when it comes to my privacy, and you know, passwords are sort of in that whole privacy area. So, boy, when it when it comes to security and privacy, I just I worry deeply about free. And so, I would I would I would say it. This is worth whatever it is thirty forty dollars a year. It's worth that amount of money for that amount of security. Yeah, just this morning. I was looking for a flashlight app for my for my phone, and why I needed that's a whole other discussion. But you know, you look and it's like, okay, here's here's one that's four ninety nine, and it'll do all these things. It's like, okay, but I, you know, that's not what I need. So I've I found one that's free, because you know, basically, it turns your flashlight on, it turns your flashlight off, it might pulse it, it might do a couple other things, but you know, that one doesn't worry me. But this this kind of thing, yeah, I, I'm, and you brought up VPNs, and I, I agree completely. You know, when you start seeing free cloud storage, free VPNs, and free password managers, I run the other way. And I'm glad to hear you agree with that. Yeah, I mean, 
very not not 100% of the time, but very often when a service like this is free, it's free in exchange for showing you ads or free in exchange for signing up for this newsletter or free in exchange for uh, letting us track you, you know, free in exchange for something, some other thing that gives the provider value. It gives them money. So I would, I would just as soon pay and, and keep, keep that information to myself. Joe Kissel will be back in the next edition of Mac Voices to talk more about passwords and specifically uh, his new book on his favorite password manager and mine, 1Password. That's next time on Mac Voices, and I hope you'll join us because this is a very, very important topic. Until the next time, and as always, I'm Chuck Joyner. Thanks for watching. Visit macvoices.com for show notes and to connect with Chuck on social media. Get involved in our Facebook group or like our Facebook page and get more out of your Apple tech with Mac Voices Magazine, free on Flipboard and on the web. And if you find value in it all, consider supporting us through either our Patreon campaign at patreon.com macvoices or by making a one-time donation via the PayPal link on our front page and in the show notes of each episode. You will join these fine people who help bring you Mac Voices. Advertising handled by Backbeat Media at backbeatmedia.com. Bandwidth provided by Cashfly at cashfly.com.